0: I'm Daniel Chu Castillo.
1: I'm Alejandra Melian.
2: And I'm Megan Miguel. Welcome to Talking Culture.
1: Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the traditional territory of the Ganyan Gahaga on the land known as Chuachagi. We recognize the Ganyan Gahaga as the rightful stewards of this land.
2: So that's a wrap, everyone. Season one is done. Woo! (laughs) We did it. We did it. Oh, man. Honestly, (laughs) it has been a
1: little bit of a blur. Um, Yes. I've been thinking recently, Megan, about when we were sitting in Thompson House, which is our graduate student bar slash cafe on campus, which I miss dearly. Oh, um, yes, me too. <laughs> very, very much. And we were sitting at a table getting really excited planning our first season um, and, you know, figuring out what each episode was going to be like and how we wanted to approach the the podcast. And I we had no idea at that point that we would be no. recording literally every single one except for one episode from our closets um but
2: here we are. Yeah. The, that meeting feels like a million years ago. It feels like a completely point. different world. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how far we've come and yet how like crazy this is
0: this experience has been <laughs> yeah recording from the closet has been an interesting experience a good one <laughs> for the most yeah. part
1: <laughs> i'm i'm glad to hear you say that <laughs> i hope so
0: <laughs> but i hope that next season we get to use um, an actual booth because well, we'll talk about this later. But yes, <laughs> that's one of the things that I'm hoping for. I miss, <laughs> I miss the, the booth. I miss the booth.
2: I miss the booth. That tiny little hot—it's basically a closet, also. But I miss it. And <laughs> it's a fancy closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a soundproof closet.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Um. So, I guess today we're gonna just talk a little bit about our experience of making um season one and. I'm really interested to know what the most challenging part of producing season one was for both of you guys.
1: Ooh, uh, most challenging part of producing season one. Honestly, I'm really, I mean, in general, I'm really proud of us. I think that we've done a really good job. And I think that, you know, the fact that we got two episodes out a month um, all year is really impressive. Um, But yeah, it was hard. I think for me, the, the hardest thing was to to engage on a really deep level with each episode. Um, you know, we were all, were all in different stages of our degrees, but we are, were all very, very busy as like every graduate <laughs> student is. And, you know, whether we were in classes or like writing our own stuff or, you know, all of the, the TAing, all of the things that we have to do as part of our graduate student experience, um, it takes a lot of time. And talking culture has been a bit of a breath of fresh air for me. It's been something that I look forward to and something kind of, you know, creative and fun that I get to do with my anthropological knowledge. But at the same time, I found myself sometimes like trying to produce an episode or like trying to write, you know, the script for an episode or like think about the theory for an episode and finding that I was so busy that I I had a hard time like thinking deeply with what it is that I wanted to talk about in the episode and I I wish that I could have given more time and attention to each of them um I think that we did a great job with the with the time that we had um but I do I do wish that Maybe what I'm saying is I wish I could do this full time. <laughs> like I you know, like I wish I could really just um give the podcast my everything, but you know, that's the reality of grad school is is our attention is pulled in
2: every every direction. Every direction mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: Danielle, what about you?
0: Um I guess for me the hardest part was like trying to catch up with you guys. <laughs> Since I technically joined a bit later, um, I was I was I don't know trying to get on my feet and trying to understand all the things that we were doing. Um, so I guess learning that on the go was was a bit hard, but but overall nothing nothing too terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's good. Was there any like one thing in particular that was hard for you to learn?
0: um i think uh, the the thing that i struggle the most still is when we vanish social media and we take turns and when Mm -hmm. it's my turn i always freak out because i don't know i find it (laughs) difficult it's somehow easier to talk and like to post my voice speaking to you guys Mm. that rather than writing down an actual message or something so. That's interesting yeah so I will, yeah. I, will, I will see how we how we go forward
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah'm I'm, I'm with you Daniela the social media side of it was something that like I knew that we had to do but and I I enjoy doing more now but especially when we started I found it really difficult to like I felt nervous about like presenting a voice for the whole group um and doing those sorts of things and like deciding what. Like, we don't have a huge audience, but we do have an audience, so there is, like, a responsibility there of, like, what we choose to kind of put forward and amplify, and so I felt nervous about those sorts of things. Um, and just, like, doing all of these great topics that we've brought up this this year justice, like, not just on social media, but in the podcast itself, um... Yeah, I, I felt like I felt that responsibility, and I felt nervous around that. Though I've gotten a lot more comfortable, I think, um, doing more of the like technical things that go into that. Um, Alejandra knows I was very nervous to edit episodes when we first started, um, and now you're a pro. That, that is
0: gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you even taught um, me. So <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm a professional (laughs) editor now, I guess. Um, But yeah, I I guess like just being able to like, yeah, the most difficult part was maybe just like being able to manage that um, expectation um, that I had for myself and for us um, about the quality and like the content of the of the of the podcast, because. I think what we've done is great but there was also a lot of like letting go I'm a bit of a perfectionist so like having other like collaborating so closely with other people um, having contributors like having to let go a little bit of that um, and know when like you know this is done this is good enough you know was was a big lesson for me to learn on this podcast (laughs) I
1: remember, like, listening to some of my favorite podcasts that are, like, very highly produced. Um, like, you know, a lot of my favorites are, are part of the Radiotopia group, which are, like, a lot of those podcasts, like 99% Invisible, for example, yes, is has yes. – they have so many – so much staff. They have researchers. They have editors. They have mixers. Like, they have all of these people working – on each episode and I I remember like at the beginning of this process being like oh my gosh like I I can't make an episode that sounds like that and then realizing that like we are three people you know and like we are um, as much as you know I hope that this podcast grows I think I also had to let go a little bit of the expectation of like our podcast might not be 99% invisible (laughs) and that is okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, yeah. our podcast is talking culture. It doesn't have yeah, to be exactly. It doesn't have to be those other podcasts. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think because you and I listened to so many, it was like mm-hmm. hard kind of to not only let go of that, but then also to kind of like find the space. Like, what is talking culture going to sound like and be like? You know, I think it doesn't have to be those other things.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, it's not so much what you know. It's part of it is coming to realize like what we won't be but that's also only half of it you know like the other half is like figuring out what we what we will be um Mm -hmm. like you said which has been a fun process
2: yes Mm -hmm. i have really enjoyed it
1: (laughs) me too um do you i mean throughout the course of this season do you think that producing the podcast has changed the way you think about anthropology as a discipline at all
2: yes I think so because um I mean just like being able to kind of think more actively and and having anthropology be like more in my like everyday thinking process because you kind of compartmentalize the Mm -hmm. theory and like things you do for school into kind of like you know this kind of school brain and I think about it when I think about that but then turn it off kind of um once I'm done studying or or done reading for the day so doing the podcast has kind of made me expand that and think about not only current events um with our in the news segment um through an anthropological lens with which you know really stretched my brain specifically Mm -hmm. um because I don't always necessarily use um social anthropological theory as much, you know. So it was like stretching those muscles that I don't use very often um in my in my work specifically, but then also just like when we're thinking about new new things to bring to the podcast, you know, like how what can we look at this way? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. was something that that changed for me from like not being able to even think of an episode topic um originally When you first asked, you know, to now, like, for next season, um, I have, like, four, you know? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) changing that and, like, what I can think about with anthropology really expanded for me doing this podcast.
1: Oh, that's awesome. What about you, Dunyan?
0: Yeah, I think I would agree with um, Megan in as much as specifically the the, in the news episodes were a bit hard to... I mean a good exercise, but a bit of a hard exercise to implement um, what we've been learning. Like in some sense, which is funny. Uh, I saw that I found myself um, using my anthropological theory to explain what I'm, what is what is my fieldwork technically, uh, or my subject, um, but not really to think too much of other things because, as Megan said, like it was easier to turn off the theory part of the brain in some way but (laughs) yeah it was an interesting uh, exercise and I think um, I look forward to to keep doing that in in the next season with the more in the news episodes
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for me I think that like I know that engaging with social media has been difficult for all of us. I think I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit more natural about it, um, but it's still it's still hard. Um, but I think that it's honestly been a really good experience for me to have to have a way that I engage with anthropology out in the world like that um, and like in public because through talking culture and through like talking culture's engagement with other podcasts, other anthropology organizations, other, you know, people who are interested in the things that talking culture is interested in. I've, I've started to feel like much more political about the discipline. Um, And just like reading what other people have to say about anthropology and like realizing that now that we have this like public platform, even if it's not huge, you know, we do have a responsibility to think critically about the discipline, not just like within our own department or just within our own projects, but like, you know, in, on, on a broader scale and that like the way that we think about the work that we do has consequences and the work that in anthropology itself. And then also the way that anthropology treats its graduate students, the way that it like the way that <laughs> the labor politics work in in academia and anthropology um, are things that I think about more now Um, that might partly be because I'm spending more time in grad school and like you know realizing more about what it is like to be a graduate student Um, but I think that the podcast itself and like my engagement with the public from an anthropologic from an anthropology standpoint um, or position has has been a part of that
2: yeah that's a really good point I know that I think that's partly what I was saying before like feeling that responsibility Mm -hmm. a little bit you know it's like Mm -hmm. seeing you're right seeing what others are saying Um, I read a lot more like public anthropology or archaeology focused articles and things than I would have if I wasn't doing the podcast Mm -hmm. Um, to see like what others are saying and to decide like how to engage with those critiques, with those um, with you know how people are being like activists within the discipline, um, has been really engaging and exciting and difficult, um, but I think really important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's changed I think how my how my experience of grad school went, you know it's easy to kind of like go inward as a grad student because you do so much of your work alone um especially i don't know for me being the only archaeologist (laughs) who's like at this stage of of grad school in Mm. our department so it's like quite lonely in that sense i don't take any classes with other other grad students um things like that um so yeah this is a way to kind of like engage more than i think that i would have if i wasn't doing the
0: podcast Well, this is making me excited to think about what we can do next season. Um, Going off on the conversation about having a new booth. But (laughs) but for season two, our theme is possibility. And what are you guys hoping to see Talking Culture do in that season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I say this all the time, but I'm very excited for our coming (laughs) episodes. Um, I think season two is looking really interesting, and um, we're going to be able to look more, I think, at what you can do with anthropology and archaeology and the interesting things that people are doing in their research. Um, I really liked our first um, season theme. I think it was like a good starting point for us, Um, thinking about boundary and anthropology. It's, you know, it's there all the time. Um, but I'm excited to kind of like stretch what we can think about next season and yeah, to take on more more episodes and to do more um interesting things with our format. I think we talked a little bit about that before um in a in another episode, but like shifting or i not guess not shifting, but like doing interview style but also taking on more um essay style like we did for our zora episode um or for the precarious beings episode um and being able to get a more creative now that we're comfortable in the podcast space you know
1: yeah i this is kind of you know piggybacking off of what you said but i think that i'm really excited to think about the future you know like i think we did a lot of of critiquing um anthropology in the boundary season in season one um you know not every episode but I feel like a lot of episodes we talked a little bit about the problems with the discipline which I definitely want to still continue to do because those are important things to talk about um but I'm also not the type of person who wants to talk about problems without talking about solutions or you know or possible fixes to what we see is wrong and so I'm really excited to kind of taken an optimistic approach to anthropology in the possibility season you know like yes there is a lot that is wrong with the discipline but how are people changing the way we're thinking like what can we do next how can we make this better because I really believe that anthropology has a lot of potential, and I'm I'm very excited to kind of reinvigorate that for myself, and to <laughs> and to be inspired by the creative and you know generative ways that that other people are are thinking about their work. So um, hopefully, inspire me <laughs> for my work and and all of the people listening who are anthropologists in one way or another. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess for me, I also echo. Uh, Megan, in in the sense of um, I'm very excited to experiment with new kinds of uh, formats for the episodes. Um, I think we said this in, in our Sora episode that that's the kind of thing we're also uh, adding it to the mix, so to speak. And I'm really excited to do um, more essay-based kind of episodes that are a bit more narrative instead of discussion-based. And I think it will enrich our, you know, our catalog.
2: (laughs) Totally, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess on that note, um we should wrap up for today and for season one. I wow. yeah, again I can't believe we're done.
1: <laughs> Thank you both so much for doing this this season. honestly like it's been it's been so wonderful, and I'm so grateful to
2: have worked with both of you. <laughs> yes, you too, and I'm excited <laughs> to to well, we've started working on season two, but mm-hmm. um to now be able to kind of dive in and and really get moving on season two so we can bring it to all of you guys very excited
1: season two will be launching in september 2021.
2: yes so keep an eye on our social media (laughs) um, (laughs) for updates on season two and yeah and for that launch in september Um, also if you have any requests or suggestions for what you'd like to see us do in season two please feel free to email us. You can reach us at talkingculturepod at gmail.com.
0: This episode was produced by me, Daniel Chucastillo, Castillo, music by Justin Cooper, and cover art by Sophia Millian.
1: Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and come talk culture with us on Twitter at TalkCulturePod or Instagram at Talk Culture Podcast. And please check out our website, TalkingCulture.ca, to pitch an idea or to hear more from the McGill Anthro community. Thank you all so much for listening.
2: Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>